Hello, welcome to Recovered Redeemed Victorious. It's your host, Leanne. Very happy to be with you. I just wanted to hop on real quick. I don't think this is going to be a very long episode at all, but I just wanted to share some some things that I hope can um, help and encourage you. Um, This past week, you know, I've really been pressing in and seeking answers from the Lord, and I'm just blown away with with his faithfulness and with his, um, just his desire to, to be close. And the, the thought that crossed my mind this morning was what a wonderful thing it really is to have an intimate relationship with God and the things that are produced by an intimate relationship with God. You know, um, the world would have us believe that true intimacy requires getting naked and having sex with someone or um, maybe even not sex, but just it, it involves physically being touching and being with another person, right? Um, and while, yes, sexual relations within the confines of marriage is an important piece of keeping the marriage strong, um, but the world has completely ignored and maybe just shut down the idea of of spiritual intimacy. What about the kind of intimacy where you bear not your body, but your soul? And where does this type of intimacy begin? Where does it lead? Like These are the things that just really pressed into my spirit this morning um, when I was praying and meditating on the word. You know, the dictionary defines intimacy as the state of being intimate. And intimate is defined as an association, knowledge, understanding arising from close personal connection or familiar experience. It is of or relating to or existing in the inmost depths of the mind, um, which I just thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, one of the definitions is the physical intimacy that the world would have you think is the most important thing, um, but physical intimacy leaves out so much more than what really even the Bible is telling us intimacy is meant to be. Um, And intimacy specifically with God, you know, the Bible tells us in many places that if we draw near to God, he will keep various different promises. Um, In reality, drawing near to God is the purest, most true form of intimacy. In Psalm 119, which um, is very long psalm, by the way, so we won't be reading the whole thing, um, but we'll be reading a couple of excerpts from it. Um, Psalm 119, the psalmist cries out to the Lord with things that seem to be somewhat troubling, right? And like verse 22, he says, don't let them scorn and insult me for I have obeyed your laws. Psalm uh, 119.23 says, even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your decrees. I lie in verse 25, I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. Verse 28, I weep with sorrow, encourage me with your word. In verse 29, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. And skip down to verse uh, 51 says, the proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your instructions. And verse 53, I become furious with the wicked because they reject your instructions. All of these verses, um, you know, if you read, take a moment in your spare time to read through the whole thing because it's really a great uh, psalm. There's a lot of promises in there. Um, But the one thing that really 
stuck out to me was how these feel like a, a passionate plea from the psalmist, like begging God to hear him. He was like bearing his soul to God, right? Like if we reread them in 22, it says, don't let them scorn and insult me. Even princes sit and speak against me. I'm lying in the dust. I weep with sorrow. Keep me from lying to myself. The proud are holding me in utter contempt. I become furious with the wicked because they're not even obeying you. Like he's saying, I'm, I'm encouraged by your word. I'm revived by your word. I follow your instructions. I'm begging you, God, to, to give me your instructions so I don't have to lie to myself anymore. Um, but here I get angry because the wicked don't even have half the concerns I have, but they, and they don't even follow your rules, right? Um, but it's encouraging to me to, when I read these things because sometimes that's how I feel, right? Like the last couple of days I've been just crying out to God, like, please, God, just show me your plan. Just reveal your plan for my life. And in so doing, the true, real cry of a righteous person, of a righteous heart, the hand of God moved on my behalf, right? Like he spoke to me through through the through his word and he's spoken to me through other people and he's spoken to me through various different channels to continue to tell me to just rest right rest in the knowledge that because I'm drawing close to him that like me like the psalmist when I cry out to him and bear my soul to him he promises to draw close and draw near to me um, Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I love that verse. I absolutely love that verse because it reminds me that when I go boldly to the throne of my God who is gracious, right, who loves me and has compassion for me, when I go boldly to his throne, not only am I going to receive his mercy, but he's going to give me the grace to get through whatever it is I'm going through in that moment, right? And sometimes it does look like a a crying, sniveling mess, like, God, why, 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 right? Like, I feel like a petulant child sometimes, constantly crying out to him, why? But he's so compassionate and so loving that he calmly puts his hand on my head or my shoulder or my back and says, here's the grace to get through this. Here's what you need. Here's a word that going to help you get through this situation so that you can get to the other side. In Hebrews 7.25, he says, therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. It's talking about Jesus, right? So once and forever, he intercedes on with God on my behalf. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So when you're begging and pleading for God to hear you, if you're really, truly, sincerely seeking him, that's pleasing to him, right? And he will reward you for that. And, you know, I've realized recently that the rewards aren't always, you know, sometimes we can get really in our flesh, right? And think that the rewards and the need to be something we can see in the natural, right? But it's not always um, a natural reward 
that the Lord is going to be giving to us when we sincerely seek him. You know, for me this past week, it's been peace of mind, right? When I've sincerely sought him, he's given me the reward of peace of mind. Um, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. That's a beautiful promise that, well, he might not give you some vision and details of what are things are to come, he does give you insight into his word and into his mind and into his heart the closer you draw to him. Isaiah 51, 6 says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. I like that so much, you know, just come to me. You will find me. I'll give you life. I'll make a covenant, which is a promise to you. I'll give you all the love I promised to David. I'll use you to display power, right? And then I really like the the bit about being thirsty because then in the New Testament in John we're reminded that Jesus offers us water where we'll never thirst again, right? This is, they're talking about a spiritual thirst. If you're thirsty, Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty yet. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving eternal life. That's in John uh, chapter four, verses 13 and 14. Um, the springs of living water, right? Like what do you thirst for? In the natural, you might thirst for, you know, in the morning, I thirst for some tea, right? On occasion, rare occasion, I might have a thirst for some coffee. On a hot day, I really like a seltzer water, um, a nice ice cold seltzer. And then throughout the day, when I get thirsty, I reach for water, right? Some people might reach for iced tea. They might reach for a hundred different juices and in different beverages to help quench that thirst, but you will always become thirsty again when it's in the natural, right? When we step into the supernatural, whether people know it or not, everyone is thirsting for something, right? And they try to satisfy a lot of those supernatural thirst with natural things, right? That's where a lot of drug addiction and alcoholism comes in, right? Somebody's searching and seeking to be, to have their thirst satisfied by something other than the living water. And when we do that, when we try to balance a, na- a, a natural remedy with a supernatural thirst, you're never satisfied. But when we turn to Jesus and we press in to the Lord and seek him, we are given this living water that never runs dry and it causes us to never thirst again, right? That's part of my deliverance story is once I tapped into the living water, I never thirsted for alcohol again from that moment forward. So I may have stayed sober for years, right? I had 
a bit of sobriety under my belt, but it was always a struggle. I always thirsted for something to fill that spiritual thirst, to satisfy that spiritual thirst until I pressed in and developed a relationship with Jesus. There's an Oswald Chambers quote from his book, My Utmost for His Highest. It says, true friendship is rare on earth. It means identifying with someone in thought, heart, and spirit. Wow, that just hit me when I read that. It hit me so deep because true friendship, I am blessed to have some true friends in the natural, right? Some people that I have identified with in thought, heart, and spirit. We're all on the same, we, we have the same thoughts. We've struggled with the same things. Our hearts are aligned with that of, of Jesus and our spirits are connected because we are spiritually connected to the same God, right? I'm blessed that I have a handful of women in my life that I can call true friends. But deeper than that is my friendship and my relationship with Jesus, I identify with his thoughts. My heart belongs to him and his spirit lives within me. And the results of this intimate relationship with Jesus is I have the honor of bearing fruit for him, right? It is truly amazing um, that, well, you know, sometimes when I'm focusing more on the things that I see in the natural instead of the supernatural, it's easy to lose sight of all of the fruit that's being produced in my life, right? If I focus on the natural and the things that I don't have, the things that I wish I had, or if I'm looking and, and seeing that things aren't quite lining up the way that I had planned on them lining up, it's very easy to lose sight of the fruit that is actually being um harvested in my life and Galatians 5:22 reminds us that the Holy Spirit produces this kinds of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and there's no law against these things wow just reading that and being reminded of that I take a deep breath and I'm like oh that's so good right like who doesn't want love joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Like I want all of those things. Yes, please. Check. Um, so when I maintain an intimate relationship with Jesus, right? When I maintain that connection, the fruit that comes from that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, James 3 says and said, 317 says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and always is always sincere. So when I'm intimate with Jesus, I receive the mind of Christ and I have his wisdom, right? And the wisdom from above is pure. It's peaceful. It's gentle. It's willing to yield to others. So that's to serve, right? It's willing to serve whether it's in ministry or in your home or at your job or in friendship, right? It's willing to serve others. It's full of mercy, which means looking at someone that maybe they don't line up with the idea of what you thought that person or that individual should be, or they're not acting the way you think they should act. But because we have wisdom from above, we can show them mercy, right? And we can still perform good deeds, 
We don't have no favoritism. We're always sincere. This, these are all things that come with a true intimate relationship with Jesus. Colossians 1.10. Actually, let's read from verse 9. Um, Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason we also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may live worthily of the Lord and please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. That verse goes back where it says, growing in the knowledge of God. Um, Well, first, before that, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God. That brings me back and makes me think of that Oswald Chambers quote that says identifying with someone in thought right when you identify someone identify with someone in thought you're growing in the knowledge of that person right so when we grow in the knowledge of God that is a part of intimacy it's part of true friendship Jeremiah 17 7 through 8 says blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence they are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit there's more promise in there right like when you continue to grow your roots deep into an intimate relationship with Jesus there's that living water again, right? You won't ever be bothered by the by the heat or long months of drought. Your leaves stay green and you never stop producing fruit as long as you're tapped into the Lord and he's your hope and your confidence. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That's just a really great promise, right? Never be afraid. These are all the things that come from a right relationship and a um, intimate, right? That's the word we're focusing on today, an intimate relationship with with the Lord, with God, and with Jesus. Um, And lastly, I wanted to read from the book of John, chapter 15, 1 through 4. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot produce You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Um, Let's continue. Actually, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So that is a reminder that to abide in Jesus, in the true vine, 
is to maintain an intimate relationship with him. So I hope that this has encouraged you all. I hope that I made sense. Sometimes I don't think that I do, but I just am trying really hard to be faithful with the command that God gave me in, and to continue to uh, record these podcasts, even if nobody listens to them. I'm okay with that because I'm just trying to stay in obedience to the Lord um, and trusting that he'll give me the right words that will be encouraging to someone somewhere, someday, somehow, uh, as long as I continue to move forward in uh, in this path. So lastly, um, as always, I just want to pray this prayer from Ephesians over you all. Uh, Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 21, it says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love you all. God bless you. Take care.